whistle is blowing, and that signals another episode of the Entrepreneur's Locker Room Chat with a Champion. Your host, Steve Brosman, a former national track champion, multi-Amazon best-selling author, and successful entrepreneur interviews leaders in their field to give you the tips, shortcuts, and strategies to help you change the game you play. And now your host, Steve Brosman. Well, yes, there goes the whistle. It is time for the Entrepreneur's Locker Room Chat with the Champion. But today we're going beyond a champion. We actually have royalty with us today. We have Anne-Marie Cross, who is known as the podcasting queen. I'm, uh, I'm humbled to be in your presence, Anne-Marie, but thank you so much for coming along. You are so very welcome. You know, it took me a few years to get used to that phrase, the podcasting queen. And I just, before we dive into, I, I know we're going to cover some great stuff today. I didn't actually come up with that phrase, just so in case anyone's listening and thinking, who the heck does she think she is? My guests started calling me that when I shared with them how many shows I was doing, how many years um, that I was involved in podcasting. And even my colleagues picked that up. Oh, you need to speak to Anne-Marie. She's the podcasting queen. And I thought, you know what? I have to get over myself. And uh, so a couple of years ago, I thought, I'll, I'll embrace that term. And I've been ever since. <laughs> well, in my warm, caring, sharing sort of thing, yeah, get over yourself because I've known you as the podcasting queen for, for quite some time. And uh, if, if there is anybody in Australia that I would regard as a go-to person regarding podcasting, it has to be you. But where did it all start? Why did you pick this medium and, and how did it get going? That's such a great question, Steve. And today, or in this month, September 2018, 10 years ago, a colleague and I uh, started our very first podcast and Career Success Radio. And we started that because if you recall back in 2008, that was when the global financial crisis hit. And I was in the career industry then working as a personal branding strategist, career coach. And we were so disillusioned by the clients that we were working with who were listening to the news talking about the doom and gloom <laughs> and it was impacting how they were doing their job search. Now, we knew that things were tough. Many, many people uh, were without jobs and, and joining you know, unemployment queues that were very, very long. But we knew that they had to change their approach to job search, the hidden job market, getting out there doing networking. And we knew that if they continued to listen to that doom and gloom, that would keep them stuck. So we said, we need to be a voice of inspiration and hope and start to share some of these new ways that we have to approach job search. And that is what kicked us off. And we did that for two years. We met some incredible guests from all over the world, career, other career experts, and we made some significant impact in the lives of many job seekers. And that's the awesome thing about the, the podcast. There's two parts to it. There's obviously the listeners and the value that you give, but it's the really cool, interesting people you get to have a chat to and they actually enrich your lives and hopefully you enrich theirs as well. And that's the, that's the exciting thing about podcasts. Well, let's fast forward a few years now because you've actually got, uh, is it four now that you have on the go? Yes, I have uh, four myself. Three I do regularly. The fourth one is more for the influencers who want to use that as a podcast series. And then, of course, the ones that I produce and host for alliance partners and then, of course, clients as well. But I have three that I do regularly. So, uh, yeah, always sitting behind this microphone. <laughs> well, you must be doing okay because two of them, two out of the three that you've got on a regular basis, were a finalist in the Australian Podcast Awards and the ambitious entrepreneur actually took out the prize against uh, some 
very serious competition. So you must have been chuffed about that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, I say so often, Steve, to people, you just don't know who's going to be listening, what your message is going to do. Another thing that was really, and I didn't mention this to you, but our podcast was also syndicated on local radio station in Zimbabwe because one of the listeners had been inspired through many of the guests that I had on the show, reached out and said, look, I've become uh, a DJ and now I'm actually part of the production and programming. Do you mind if we syndicate the show? And so here we were uh, impacting the light. And when I say we, it's my guests because then I, I share share all these accolades with them because if it weren't for them, the, the show wouldn't uh, be, be in production. And so here we were being able to impact the lives of people in Zimbabwe, aspiring entrepreneurs. So uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, that, that, is, that is awesome. Here am I getting excited. I'm about to hit double figures in my brand new podcast. I'm hitting my 10th episode going live on, on Tuesday, which is good. But the people obviously are going to be tuning into this um, are going to be entrepreneurs and they're going to be very specifically listening as to how to grow. I'm going to share something just in 10 episodes that's happened to me and can happen to the people out there. I've been approached by a, a PR company mm-hmm. saying, would this person be good for your podcast? And for somebody who runs a speaker bureau in America, Yes. saying, would this person be good for your podcast? So it's it's the reaching out to the, the people and the audience, but it's also other people and influencers that you will then start collaborating with, which was one of the reasons that I set up mine. So um, there, that, that in itself gives you fantastic exposure. Now, talking of fantastic exposure, before we get onto some of your um, awesome teaching that we're going to get onto, you were approached by Microsoft to be an ambassador, was it for the Surface, all because of your positioning and influence and reach out there due to your uh, your podcast. Yes. Explain that. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, that was that was just so exciting. You know, sometimes you get these uh, emails, messages through LinkedIn saying all of these. You know, well, we work for a, a large com- company in. in- Australia and they've noticed you, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, that's really good. Thank you. And I got a couple of emails from them. This was going back a number of years ago now. And uh, finally they said, no, we really want to talk to you. It is seriously Microsoft Australia. So what they did is part of, of their, their, they have a digital marketing uh, company that works on their behalf, had been doing some research online and looking at you know different people who were on there. And and yes, my podcast is very much part of what I do online, Did you know, the digital um, messages that we share and through that they uh, obviously noticed some of the things that we were doing and we did that uh, ambassadorship service pro for uh, 12 months so you know pretty exciting you just as I said you just don't know who's listening or looking at what you're doing and sharing yeah, Pam was doing some mentoring with uh, Frank Kern, um, a very high-level internet marketer some time ago now, and he turned things around. And in this day and age, uh, a lot of people still say it's who you know, mm. but it's not. Mm. It's who knows you. Mm. And, and who knows what this, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing is uh, these days you didn't know the people at Microsoft, but they found and they knew you and that really fits in with you know being seen as a leader and authority which is you work with people on personal branding getting getting their message out there but you've got this great saying is message before microphone which is brilliant run through that with our listeners please one of the things that I encourage everyone to do before they start even worrying about technology and the make and the model of the microphone 
is ensure you get your message right first because you cannot, and I say you cannot mix and edit substandard content or crap content. <laughs> can I say crap? I, I yeah, just, you can. You, you just did. And we're going to blip it. <laughs> into compelling messages that'll have people drive to the side of the road and go, I need to write that down. What was that link again? And if we spend a little bit more time in, in crafting that message, then it's it's going to find that you can use an inexpensive microphone to get your message out there because it's the message that is going to make the difference, you know. And so often I hear people struggling about the microphone. I remember years ago when I started podcasting, did that for two years, then I went, we separated because our businesses went to different focuses and I continued podcasting. And I, uh, I actually invested in a mentor. They were in the US and they'd be very much involved in radio and they had a podcast platform. And one of the my mentors actually said to me, look, the sound team has been listening to your podcast. We think we can improve the quality of sound. What microphone are you using? I said, oh, do I need a microphone? I'm just an external <laughs> computer microphone. They said, get a microphone. And you know what? I invested in a $49.99, um, you know, from Officework Logitech headset, and that did me for quite some time. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. That that is so true and as you know, I've been very heavily involved in videos and video marketing for a long time and I've got a saying as well, it's personality and passion, not perfection that produces profits. Yes. And and that's basically get over yourself and get on with it. Yeah. And uh, and that's the message for people out there right now that if they they want to do it, they can actually get out there and do it. Now, there's a couple of myths that you are are really renowned for busting. And one of the big things is you need an existing audience for your podcast to be successful and and start getting clients. Uh, Bust that myth and tell us a really cool strategy to get started when you don't have a huge list. Yes, this is interesting. Someone from the US contacted me and he had been very much involved as a magician and he wanted to turn that into uh, something that he could offer to corporate as a fun, you know, um, relationship building kind of an aspect. And he said, I, and, and also keynote speaking. And he said, I've t- been told that I really need a list of about 2,000 minimum to get started to really build the impact that I want with my podcast. And I said, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's one way of doing it. But how about you start with a list of zero, you create a podcast series which speaks into the challenges and the, the you know, the stuckness, the, the, the issues that your ideal client is struggling with and you speak into that, you deliver great value and the call to action is whatever the call to action is, which is going to connect with you or whatever it is. And I said, then share that with the people you know are your ideal clients, they're going to be interested in that to get access to that as well as a few other goodies you can put in to that to that package. You then start to create your list and then once they're on your list, you can start to nurture that relationship. So you're building an audience of people back to that podcast series, which is evergreen content that you can continue to leverage. And then if you do decide to start an ongoing podcast, guess who you're going to market that to, that existing audience who are already going to be investing in you because the reason they signed up to access that series is because there was that need. So you can start to generate income from the very first podcast. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm going to be listening to the recording of this back again and taking notes because I'm concentrating on doing a good job with you and for you right now. But I'll, I'll have a listen right back and just you know, really take some notes. Another thing that 
whole people do think that you've got to have you know tens hundreds of thousands of dollars of people yes. to actually start making some serious money from your podcast again you've semi debunked that but I, I, you've got a podcast you're going what are some of the strategies of people that are making good money without being a a, a massive uh, volume person yeah often again we start to focus on what i call vanity numbers and i'm sure that you're aware that um, you know now that you've got a podcast there's there's something that's called a new and noteworthy and that's on on apple podcasts and everybody that any you know that that just starting a podcast will often say i want to get a new and noteworthy now uh, an example i want to share is for when i launched my podcast women in leadership that actually made new and note new and noteworthy, but I had no idea because I was too busy focused on my guests and so forth. It wasn't until I read a comment on the iTunes feedback that it said, "Oh, I found this on new and noteworthy," and I went, "Oh, okay, I must have missed that." But here's the thing: three episodes, um, Steve, I had on my website. From those three episodes, I got calls from two people on the same day and I was able to close. I had no idea who I was. I was able to close four-figure packages from, from someone who'd only spent, you know, 15, 20 minutes with me on the phone. Basically, they rang up to say to me, um, we've listened to your podcast. We love what you're doing. What's the best? How can we work with you? What's the best uh, solution? And so that was from three podcasts that we'd launched. <clears throat> and I wasn't even being interviewed. I was the host. And so what I say to people is, look, if I had been too focused on getting, you know, the millions of downloads, we'd only had three episodes, for goodness sake. Um, I'm sure we weren't in the millions of downloads, but you don't even have to have millions of downloads. It's what you do with that content. So many people are in your circle, people who are stalking you that you don't even realize. Now, if you've got some great content mm. that you can engage with them, and we know the studies are showing that people are listening to podcasts in their own personal time. Now, if you think three podcasts, it's about 20 to 30 minutes, say about an hour and a half with them, an hour and a half in their ear, hearing you laugh, hearing you speak, whatever, how you ever come across that experience you're creating, they're more likely to ring or to do whatever it is that that call to action is when you've built that connection. And this is what happened in that instance too. So you don't need thousands and thousands of downloads. But again, it's the strategy. Yeah. Good strategy that's going to support you in getting the best return on investment for you because everything, there's a, there's a, there's a reason and intention for everything. That's why I call my program Podcasting with Purpose. It has to have purpose and intention. Brilliant. I'm even going to start talking strategy now because once upon a time there was iTunes. <laughs> now there are umpteen dozen different podcast platforms, whether you should have it on your website, whether you should direct them all to iTunes to get the, the vanity numbers up and try and get on new and noteworthy. As far as a strategy from somebody starting out, mm -hmm. what would you recommend to, to get started? To get started, I, I would really recommend doing a series for yourself so that you very much are the expert, the influential voice, because every single interview that you do is going to be, I assume if you've got a good strategy, you already alluded to this earlier, Steve, the people that you have on your show are probably going to be complimentary service providers, influence in the field, people who are traveling or already have an audience of your ideal clients. So when they share their content, or when I say their content, their interview with their audience, if you have a call to action that draws people back to your podcast series, you immediately grow your list. So that should be something a gift for everybody, I think. And it's something that 
that even for speakers, authors, any business owner, actually, if you want to have a, a, um, some form of uh, content in the podcasting space, you can have a series and not even have to do an ongoing podcast. That's another myth. If you, you, a lot of people think you have to have an ongoing podcast to be able to leverage this technology. No, you don't have a series and direct everyone back. It's a great digital collateral for you. And then, of course, who are the people that you want to get in front of, build relationship with? Believe it or not, I'm actually an introvert, an extroverted introvert. I avoid um, expos and meetings and you know <laughs> seminars, the workshops, all this. I avoid them because I'm actually quite shy. So for me to go up to someone and say, hi, I'm Anne-Marie, is actually quite confronting. But if I'm behind a microphone and I'm speaking to someone that way, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my element. So I can't actually go with a microphone around to networking meetings. That would be a little bit weird. Wouldn't You're it in a happy place. <laughs> so there's so many different strategies. But here's the thing. What is the outcome you want? Because depending on the outcome you want is going to determine the strategy. I had a conversation with someone recently and they were talking to someone who wanted to get on TED Talks, wanted to be a keynote speaker. And, I, and they, they were saying, you know, she needs a podcast. I said, yes, but the audience is going to be very different because an event coordinator is going to be talk, thinking more about audience. How's our audience going to be impacted far more than, you know, you sharing your, your content, obviously, but all of the, you know, the accolades and things like that. Those event coordinators aren't interested in that. So very different content strategy. Mm. So outcome and then work backwards and, uh, and then determine what's the content, what's the information that we need to share to ensure that at the end of that podcast episode, you know, the call to action is going to be compelling enough to get our audience to make that action, to take that action. Oh. Brilliant strategies, <laughs> great, great things to take notes of and I hope the people out there are, are taking heaps of notes if they're wanting to get in or as I'm thinking, oh, there's a couple of things that I could refine mine. I'm not doing that and I need to do that. So I'll be jumping straight onto them as soon as I, as soon as I get off here. Now, you've got a formula, the, uh, the STU formula that we chatted briefly before we got on. We, we've just got to share that with the people out there because I, I think it's brilliant. And if they can uh, make sure they've got their pen in their hand or whatever they want to take notes with, just write this down and uh, just go for it and, and just share that with them, please. Okay. So it's S plus T plus U equals I to the power of three. Now, we've already mentioned what the S stands for. But it's strategy plus tactic plus you equals impact, influence, and ultimately income if you have the right strategy. And why I say that is so often we hear about tactic, tactic, tactic. The other day I had someone reach out to me and say, Anne-Marie, what's the best time to post my content to enable me to get better reach and better likes and, and engagement? And someone else a couple of months ago asked me, you know, what platforms should I be using to get my content out there or what free and how often should we be posting? I said, look, those are really good frequency and often obviously method of, of sharing. However, let's take a step back and ask ourselves rather than the tactics, let's get our message so clear and so valuable that it cuts through the noise and our ideal audience member is going to wait and rush for when we post something because they know it's going to be inspiring, informative and give them some real value so that you actually become a priority for them with your content and then you don't have to worry so much about tactic, tactic. So strategy is really important and, and who your ideal client is is very much going to determine the tactic as well. 
you know, and how often mm. you post, where you post, where you're going to share and what you do. And, and often I think too as, as entrepreneurs, we devalue who we are and our story. And it's that which can never be copied. How you got to where you are, and sometimes, you know, often we'll have um, aspects of our story that when when incorporated into our message is what ha- has us separate and, and, and really be quite distinctive out there in the marketplace. So, and we often don't really spend a lot of time focusing on that. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I'm actually writing my third book and it's taken me to get to my third book to really start sharing my story. And to value that that story is going to be out there and it's going to help and impact people. And people would think that, you know, uh, I'm a outgoing person, um, I'm not that shy, all those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, sure, you can think that. But uh, there's parts of my story that as I wrote it, I think, damn, you know, why have I kept this? Or why have I not shared it? Because as I'm writing it, I'm creating some other thoughts and programs and ways to help people. It's like, yeah, this story is going to impact. And there are so many people out there that got stories and got ways to help people that if they just shared it and got over themselves mm. and, uh, and started sharing it out there with people. And this is, this is a very easy medium to, to share. It's not that confronting. You can sit in your happy place, wherever you're feeling comfortable. If, uh, if you're being interviewed, then, you know, we're doing it on Zoom and we can see each other, but you don't even have to be seeing the person that you, you're actually talking to, so you don't have to feel uncomfortable about that. So there's so many different ways now that people can share their story yeah. and, and this is certainly one of them where you're just talking to somebody, they're asking you the questions and, and they can actually get some great quality information out there. Yeah, so, so true. Something else that um, that speaks into that you aspect of that formula is what I call the distinction triad. And that came about when I um, had a, a, an old client that I worked with many, many, many years ago, actually about eight years ago, and to, to help her with her resume development. And she, were, she was now a senior leader. And she said something to me that, that caused me to create this distinction triad. She said, you know that resume that we created together so many years ago? She said, it's taken me another eight years to finally um, own that. And why that was just so, so so moving to me was because when I'm creating a document, you know, back then and when I did resumes, I don't say anything in a resume that's not true. The successes, achievements and challenges that my clients have been able to overcome through their expertise. Yet it took her another eight years to finally believe that she was the person that this document portrayed. Wow. Three aspects of that. So there was aptitude. There's aptitude, there's attitude and approach. Those three key things are important. So your aptitude, your talents, your skills and your knowledge. And so often we negate some of those things, but when we embrace them and actually make them part of our story, it shows a unique element of why we are today, who we are and who we, you know, the person sees in front of you. The attitude is all about your character and your mindset. And one of the things that I think made her stand out and continue to rise the corporate ladder was because she had such a consultative attitude when things were stressed, when she worked in the government space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, government is a very stressful, can be a very stressful environment when you've got lots of passionate personalities in the mix. But for her, she was always strong to her core values and always put her team first. She was an exceptional leader. 
And thankfully, she was able to see that. So character and mindset is really important. And then your approach, you know, your style. You, through every single podcast, interview, article, webinar, whatever you're doing to, sh- to share your content, you can be the consistent consistent element in that equation. So if you know exactly what makes you unique, and it could be laughter, it could be, you know, sarcasm, whatever it is, when you bring <laughs> that with intention, that is what's really going to stand out because it's like the icing on the cake. And I'm often saddened when someone said, you know what, I try and, and really tone down my, 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 um, my humour. And rather than that, play it up because that's really who you are. So, you know, give yourself permission to be what, who you are. And that distinction tribe is so important. Well, I went through a phase and, and it's exactly the same as, as there. Um, I spent oh, 15 plus years in and out of kids' TV, hosted uh, segments on shows, on and off other kids' shows, had my own TV show on Channel 9. So trying to motivate kids through a black hole called the camera was a difficult task and I really had to ramp it up. And when Pam and I got into video marketing, I was still the hypey over the top guy because that's who I was in front of a camera. You turn the camera on, it was like, oh, it's showtime. And uh, and Pam was just saying, look, just tone it down, tone it down. And, and again, because she did a lot of work with Frank Kearns, he's got a really laid back, laconic way of doing things. Why well, can't you be more like him? Yeah. And I tried it and it looked like I was on Valium. And seriously, it's just like, no, I can't. And And for some people, it is over the top. I know that when I'm working with some professionals that are a little bit more stayed um then i'm too over the top but i have to live with that but that's it i'm just me and i've just accepted that when i'm me that's just the happy place that i'm in and it's the genuine and authentic if i try to be somebody else then people won't resonate with me so uh yeah exactly those those individuals who are working with you that are a little bit more laid back in their approach that's fine but they obviously resonated towards the way in which you did approach that. And anytime I'm sure, Steve, if you try and tone down your style, I bet your people will reach out. Are you okay? That was yesterday. Are you okay, Day? So <laughs> what's up with Steve today? He's not himself. And and for every one person that might just say, Yeah, you're just a little bit too over the top for me to work with, mm-hmm. um, I've got the other 99 that are basically saying, Hey, thanks for the energy. I just love the, the energy. And and that's the thing that we can very briefly touch on before we finish is getting your energy through the audio. Um, I tell people that the camera lens sucks the energy out of you and you've got to watch yourself back several times. And I've listened to myself in some of the early podcasts uh, and even in preparation I did some trials Mm -hmm. just to get myself right. And I had to do what I did in videos was listen back, listen back, listen back and say, okay, what can I do to tweak it just that little bit more so I can have my own real energy coming through the audio because it's easy um, in a video because uh, such a high percentage of our visual of our communication is visual body language but you take that away then you've got to actually put it into the audio and would that be something that you would suggest to people that they'll do a couple of trial podcasts and listen and say you know do you need to tweak it just that little bit so you can get your real audio through mm. great great question and look I think practice um, it is just going to really support you. If I think back to the very first podcasts that I 
uh, ever did. I tell you what, and I listened back cringing. And sometimes even <laughs> don't we all? I, I, I kind of do the old, you know, um, palm to, to forehead like slap. It's like why didn't I say that? You know, at the time, it actually thought I thought it was going to be funny, but anyway. Um, so that really is, is 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 something. If it if someone feels that they need to absolutely listen back or have other people listen back and just kind of um, give you some feedback, constructive feedback is is the energy that you normally portray in a one to one aspect, or if you're on stage, you said that is that the same as the energy coming through in the microphone? And sometimes it is more. What's the mindset behind? who you are and how you're showing up. And I think where where you want to really focus too is, you know, what are you telling yourself before you press record? Similarly, when you're looking at the lens of, of the camera, mm. you suddenly forget that the camera's there and you suddenly are in your zone, then it doesn't matter how many cameras or how many microphones are in front of you. And I often think too that when people are worrying about, oh, is this message going to make an impact or what, you know, and the fear itself of how it's going to be taken by the audience, if you get rid of all of those inhibitions and just speak from the heart, and then that you, you'll be able to get yours into the zone that, that way. And people will be able to sense that. If you're authentic, you're sharing from the heart, and you do so with a real core value of wanting to bring value, then that's when your message is really going to stand out and how you deliver that will be will just naturally catch up with you. That's what I found in the way. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for putting it that way. It was great. Now we're going to head into the Fast and Furious Five, the last five questions before we kick and wrap this off. So the first one is what non-business sport or activity would you want to be the champion of? Ah, what sport? Um, Or or activity. Activity, you know what? Photography. Travel photographer. Yeah. Nice. That'd be awesome. Get to travel. What one personal thing would you want people to know about you just to better understand you? I think you shared one. Yeah, you know, the introvert? Yeah. Yeah, that I'm actually an extrovert, an extroverted introvert. Put a microphone in front of me um, and I'm in my zone. That uh, really, I love my alone time. In fact, silence for me is bliss. It really is out in the bush on the beach. And I, I'll often uh, um, joke, Steve is that I've had too many too much people in today and the only people that I love to have around me is my husband because you know we can sit travel and not talk for hours and have the best communication because we're just together so <laughs> he's probably the only person that would drag along with me but yeah I, I am actually an emperor oh, that, that is a great thing and I think people will understand you a lot better because of that now what one habit would you like to change what one habit would I like to change goodness you know what I think again the thought of uh and you know pointing the finger back to myself about mindset going to networking events and worrying about what people will think of you and just going up and going you know what just have a conversation with people sometimes we do tend to worry you know that inner mind um that inner critic and that that the the mind chat and chatter yeah I think I'd like to change that oh cool who or whom has had the most influence um, on your life? Who or whom has had the most influence on my life? You know what, I'm going to say my mother. She is going to, God willing, turn 99 uh, in a couple of weeks. And she has always been that she doesn't realise it's the most humblest of people. And I remember her saying to me uh, many years ago, she said, I don't, and she was a kindergarten teacher, by the way, and she was you know, in the era where women stayed home and, and uh, really built the nest, so to speak. And she'd often say, I don't really know what, 
kind of gifts and skills the Lord's given me. All I can do is talk and listen, of course, she did. And I said, Mom, that is one of the greatest skills. Oh. How often today are we rushing around and not really there for, for the other people? And she was the, she was the networker. What she used to do, and even when she moved into a retirement village, um, she would have the, all of the people that were in the retirement village and she would make a little technic to a name that she'd go, gone to talk to or send a card to. <laughs> like this is, and she, you know, the networking, you know, queen. And that was just naturally. And I said, that is your gift. Oh, that, that is absolutely brilliant. Now, the last question is a little tricky. So if you were the answer to a quiz show question, what would you like the question to be? my goodness if I was the answer to a quiz show question what would I want the question to be you know what I'm really stuck with that one and I went through all of the questions previously that um you know the question you know that the question would be you know what if you didn't allow your inhibitions or your you know your inner critic to stop you is just get out there and share your message and here's the thing so many people are not sharing their message because they're fearful that it's not going to get taken you know it'll get taken out of context if there are judgment and so forth but somewhere someone needs to hear your message so for me being the answer is just get forward share that message have the courage have the boldness to just be the difference and I live that every day. If I let my, you know, in introvert uh, overtake my, um, the extroverted introvert, then I would not be sharing the message. So I hope that through me sharing my journey, even though I, you know, am nervous and so forth or started off nervous, that that be the courage that if Anne-Marie can do it, I can do it too because guess what you can. Fantastic. This has just been an absolutely sensational um, interview, chat, podcast, call it whatever you like, um, just sharing some gems. And I know the people out there, I'm hoping they're going to get as much out of it as I did because I'll be listening back to this and uh, retaking some notes. So I'm actually going to close the way that you would probably tell me I should. So I'm going to thank everybody for joining in today. I'm first and foremost going to thank you for sharing everything that you did. And if you did like this podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends. And if you do want to hang out with some really cool characters, come across to our Facebook group, Entrepreneurs Locker Room, and uh, we'll be there and I'll be sharing this on, uh, on the page as well. Emery, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you. Well, that's full time on this episode, but don't forget to subscribe, rate, and we'd love you to leave a comment. Head over to the Facebook group, The Entrepreneur's Locker Room, where there'll be some great bonus content to help you step up and play a bigger game.